Thanks for joining us for season four of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded Strategic share their insights and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy. I'd like to introduce my partner, my brother from another mother, Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. Thank you for that kind, fantastic, warm introduction, Jimmy. And to all those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, uh, we are the personalities behind Brandon's Strategic Hospitality. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, and capital. Uh, Jimmy, I'm super excited to, uh, to be on this podcast with you today. And um, we got a lot of exciting stuff going on. And I want to, before we get kicked off, because it's going to be a great one, I want to talk about this uh, this marketplace that we're doing. It's the branded marketplace. Do you know this, Jimmy? You know, I've heard some rumblings about this thing. Branded marketplace. Can anybody hear me? I, I can hear you. I'm talking. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I got cu- you know cut off. Uh, I was late for the podcast today, and I apologize to everybody out there in the in the world of podcasting. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we got the bar brandedmarketplace.com. Uh, you check this out. Uh, it's a it's an e-commerce site. It is loaded, loaded with solutions, the best in tech solutions for all operators in the hospitality space. I mean, any restaurants, hotels, if you're doing F&B in airports, museums, stadiums, the zoo, wherever you got F&B served and sold, the, the branded marketplace has a solution for you. So I encourage everyone listening, go check out the brandedmarketplace.com. Um, check out what's happening in the latest and greatest and all the coolest tech. Uh, if you'd like to get on the marketplace, Jimmy, do you know how to do that? I think there might be some email address. I, I couldn't imagine what it might be, but is there an email address that interested parties could reach out to you on? You're going to have to reach out to the market. You go marketplace at brandestrategic.com. You send us an email and we will get you onboarded. Our team will get you onboarded very quickly. It's painless. And again, if you're an operator, just check it out, the brandedmarketplace.com. Jimmy, I'm done. Zatsy, that self-promotion uh, was fantastic. You're getting better and better at that. And in all seriousness, I'm very excited about what we're doing with the marketplace uh, to continue to be an ally to owners and operators out there and curating the best in tech and innovation. All right, enough of that. we got a guest. He's a busy guy. He's an important man. And, uh, and we're very lucky and fortunate uh, to, to welcome him uh, to the hospitality hangout. Um, before we he's jump into too, Jimmy, did you mention that he's handsome? He's a he is a he is a pillar of uh, of, of of handsomeness and uh, and 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 whatnot. And I'm I'm butchering that. But look, before we jump into Mr. Sharkey, we're going to talk about. I just want to say at the end of today's episode, we do have an exciting offer to share to our listeners. But you're going to have to tune in and stick around to the end for the incredible opportunity we'll be asking at the end of this podcast. But okay, here we go. Today's guest, Mr. Joshua Shark founder and CEO of Mies, a very good friend of the of the branded team and Shats and myself. And uh, Mr. Sharkey, we want to welcome you to the podcast and we'd like to ask you, uh, please take the lead. Give us a little background on yourself and of course your fantastic company, Mies. Pleasure to be here. Love you guys. Uh, my name is Josh Sharkey. I'm the founder and CEO of Mies. Mies is the first ever culinary operating system built for chefs by chefs uh, for the entire culinary process. So everything from recipe development and R&D, training, scaling, automated allergens, nutrition, really everything that has to do with the culinary process wrapped into one tool. Uh, the way I like to think about it is, uh, you know, designers have Figma or Adobe and photographers have Photoshop, architects have AutoCAD. Jimmy, I don't know what finance guys have, but I'm sure they have something. Uh, and now chefs have me's. 
And, uh, you know, our don't, don't finance be- people have that thing. What's that thing where you, the, uh, where you push the things around, you know, kink, kink, kink. Oh, the abacus. That's what Jimmy always – in his office. I walk into his office. He's always got that thing there. He's doing stuff with that. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, yeah, Jimmy's old school. So quickly. He's okay. old school. Well, then it sounds like Mies is the is, – no, I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Well, listen, thank you for that. And uh, we're going we're gonna to take a real deep dive into Mies because uh, – but before we get there, uh, I always like to take a little bit of a of – a, uh, getting a little understanding of how – uh, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs like yourself, how you get from where you started, you know, and, and not go back to elementary school, but really you were a chef. When I met you, you told me that, um, you know, the first thing when you were launching me is that your whole background is culinary. Uh, we became friendly. And uh, I mean, you're a chef by trade. And, uh, and now you're a CEO and an entrepreneur of a tech company. So just give us a little bit of how that happens. Yeah, it's funny. Most, of the, most chefs that we deal with, and you know, we've been in the restaurant space a long time, and our chefs are usually the least technologically savvy folks ever. I mean, they're creative, very creative, but not technologically savvy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate you, you know. Well, that's, so that's why it's even more interesting. Yeah, well, look, I think I've always really wanted to be uh, an entrepreneur. I didn't think of it as an entrepreneur. I always wanted to own my own business since I was a little kid. Um, my father actually wanted me to go to Wharton. I didn't go to Wharton in culinary school instead, but he, he passed away when I was 16. Those are very so similar I'm, if you think about it, though. You went to like CIA and Wharton. Same thing. Yeah, very. <laughs> Basically. I mean, Jimmy yeah. would agree. You know, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, anyways, when I started cooking. I think, I, think, I, think, I think CIA is the Wharton of culinary. Well, that I agree with. That I agree with, Jimmy. That it is. It is so, the word. As a heads up, I also did go to CIA, so maybe you know. I, I went. To, I went to oh. another another culinary school. <laughs> Where'd you go? I went to Johnson and Wales. Um, oh, no, that's right up there. I would think that may not be the. That's not the uh, the Wharton, but that's certainly uh, Jimmy. What's another one of those? Uh, those Boston University. Jimmy, I was trying to go Ivy League, and you know, go Ivy League business school. You know. Yeah. Um, okay. By the way, we're, uh, we're interrupting our guest so much. He can't no, even do no, his, own okay. his own background. Let's in. give him a moment. <laughs> I, well, I, I was going, I, I was sort of thinking about CAA, but I wrestled all through like my younger, uh, in my high school and, and, and Johnson Wales actually has an incredible wrestling team. Um, they were sort of number one in the nation in, in, in D2. And so I actually got part of my scholarship from, from, from wrestling. So I ended up going to culinary school uh, from cooking really early on. And then, you know, I spent the first decade of my career um, in the early 2000s um, on, in, in New York City doing fine dining, you know, working for like incredible chefs like Ray Coombs and uh, David Boulay and Floyd Cardoz. And that's really what I thought I would do for my entire life was just, you know, uh, well, you're at th- when you're at that level, when you're at that level, I mean, what else? I mean, you're, th- you're at a high level right now. Well, I just, I, and I loved it. You know, I would work, I would always, always have like a, you know, a couple jobs or just sort of, um, you know, just obsessed with sort of learning and, and growing and, um, and yeah, I mean, that, that, that's really what I thought I'd do with the rest of my, the rest of my life. But, you know, a buddy of mine that I uh, used to cook with, uh, uh, we sort of, sort of were cooking up ideas and I came up with it with a, with a, with a concept. Um, we were living in, in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and, uh, you know, we realized that there was like, there was no good food that was like simple. Uh, and so my first foray into entrepreneurship was I started this, this company called Bark Hot Dogs. Um, and the idea was like, let's use the same incredible ingredients, like products and techniques from fine dining, but but um, you know apply it to something really simple. And back then, that was a really novel. Like, it, it didn't exist, you know. Um, it was early two thousands, and 
Um, and so that's what we did. And it was great. We signed our first lease in 2009. And, you know, the idea was, was um, uh, it was obviously just to sort of make good food approachable. But it, it also meant that, like, um, and I'm, I promise I'm getting somewhere with this, but we, 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 we couldn't hire, like, really high caliber cooks, you know, because it was, it was like, fast <laughs> casual. So, um, um, so I had to build all these systems to sort of, um, you know, figure out how to scale really good food. And it turns out that was like a new sort of passion I had. I didn't really realize it was like, I love building systems. So I started like searching for technology that would help me and optimize. And there was just nothing out there. And I was, you know, kind of pissed. And, you know, I'd always had this idea of a recipe tool. Um, and then eventually, you know, I decided sort of, you know, fast forward eight years into, into running that business that I wanted to go and build this thing. Um, so I sent, I remember vividly, I sent out this email when I was ending my time at Bark and, um, Andy Stern, who's this, uh, the co-CEO of this, uh, restaurant group called Orify Brands. You guys know Orify. Sure. Of um, course. Um, you know, reached out, I was like, come to Orify. And I was like, well, you know, this is probably pretty serendipitous. Like I need, first of all, I need capital to, <laughs> to build this thing I want to build. And, um, and they, you know, Andy and John are just sort of like embody sort of entrepreneurship and. Uh, and they were, they were just, they, they let me come on board and sort of, I, I ran culinary for a long time, eventually became the chief operating officer of, of Orify brands, um, all the while building me's within this ecosystem of the restaurant. Uh, and, um, and it was sort of the perfect, you know, the perfect scenario. So really the, the transition from Orify to now, to now running me's was pretty, pretty simple. You know, I, I, um, you know, was, was in beta for a while and, to, and right, right around the end of 2019, me's really started picking up. It was very clear that it was becoming, you know, um, a product. So in 2020, I just, you know, stepped away from Orify and, and been focused on me 100% ever since. I like that. I, 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 if I heard that correctly, your side hustle, uh, your side project, which was Mies, has now become your full-time hustle and your full-time gig. Um, I, I come from a, a bunch of decades on Wall Street, and my side hustle was working with Shatsy um, in, in the hospitality and the restaurant side, and that's become now my full-time gig. So, so Josh, you and I, we have we had this kinship, man. We had this kinship. Um, all right. I thought, I think this still is your side hustle, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, hey, now, I, now you need a new side hustle. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you're right. I'm not hustling that much. Listen, anyone who knows me, um, uh, they know I love a good story, especially when I get to tell it. Um, sometimes it's short and that's rare. Uh, but I believe you have a story about how a notebook basically launched uh, Mies into a business. So I know we just talked uh, a little bit about uh, Orify and Mies, but can you share that story and, and more about this for our listeners? Sure, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the genesis of Mies was really the result of something really terrible that happened. You know, at least at the time it was terrible. I, you know, I was working for Floyd Cardoz at the time at this restaurant called Tabla in New York, but I was also working for free in the mornings for Mario Batali. He had this salumi shop in Union Square and I would just go in every morning and, and make charcuterie with this really great chef named Dan Latham. And, and, um, uh, and I was like, like every chef, every chef has their, their notebooks where we keep like all of our ideas and thoughts. And in this case, I was, you know, writing down everything that, had, that I was learning you know, about charcuterie, you know, time and temperature and humidity and obviously the recipes and how to tie the knots for hanging and everything. And it was in this, you know, in, in, in this one book. And I remember I was staging at this restaurant called Veritas um, on my day off. Uh, and I lost the fucking notebook. Um, sorry, if I, can I curse on here, by the way? 
I took a little bit of a pause there, and I was saying I was a little bit shocked at the language, but then I said, you know what? We can go. Jimmy knows that word. Okay. I lost the friggin' notebook. Yeah, I'm, 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 tight. And... I'm tight with the FCC. We're okay. So you lost the okay. notebook. Yeah. I lost Is, the was notebook, your notebook backed up on some uh, – was it backed yeah. up with some hard drive or something? Well, yeah, oh, oh, oh would you say notebook? You actually don't mean like a Microsoft notebook. You actually mean oh, a, a notebook. Yeah, I have a notebook in the back of my pocket, and I lost <laughs> it that day. It was, de- it was devastating. And, you know, at the time, like the novel idea originally was like, okay, I want to digitize all my recipes. This was before Evernote even, right? I'm pretty sure Evernote didn't exist back then. Um, so that was a novel idea. You know, it was just like all my recipes in the cloud. That, so, you know, that sort of the perfect example of like something terrible that turned into, you know, a blessing in disguise. Um, but uh, ever since, you know, I sort of, now that Mies is live, I've, uh, you know, I went on a rampage the first year, just putting everything that I, every single note that I have into Mies. Um, and, you know, we're doing the same, obviously. <laughs> you know, listen, that's a great story. And I got to tell you, I mean, we've been using Mies at our restaurants for a while and we love it and the chefs love it. So let me ask you this. I mean, I said earlier, technology and chefs generally, you don't usually use it in the same word, you know, in the same sentence, I should say. You know, usually uh, chefs, creative, make incredible food and, and, and that kind of thing. And that's what you think about. And when I think about technology, certainly in a restaurant, you know, I, I think about our IT guy and, you know, he, he has no idea what would any way around the kitchen. So as your now your background as a chef and now you got this technology that's designed for chefs. And you got to sell it to chefs. So a couple questions. So as your background as a chef, does that make it, I don't want to say easy, but is it easier for you and the chefs now embrace it because they're looking at something that was invented and created by a chef and you're trying to sell it to them? And like, yes, you're solving my problem. I don't really like tech, but this is something I got to use. You know what I mean? So is that helping yeah, you sell it in? It's, it certainly doesn't help, doesn't hurt that I'm, that I'm a chef because I can, they, they, you know, we understand each other. We speak the same language. Yeah. I, I will say to sort of, you know, um, defend us as, as chefs, I don't think it's necessarily that we are not good at technology. Yeah, I agree. Uh, By the way, time. Josh, just to be clear, Jimmy told me to say that. I thought you okay. guys were well, terrific look, in technology. What I'll say <laughs> is, on a, in our defense, we don't have, have the freaking time to, to adopt these technologies that aren't built the way that we like are used to doing things. So there's all this Good tech point. that's built, you know, for, uh, for people that aren't chefs. And so like what I'll say is when I first launched Mies, it sucked. And, you know, chefs also are very sort of um, opinionated and they don't hold back. So they told me everything that sucked about it and why it sucked and where it sucked. And so that was actually one of the most valuable things the first year before we launched was just getting all that, getting all that feedback. I, I knew all along that like, you know, sort of my metric was we had to be better than like Google Sheets and Google Docs because that's what everybody used. And it worked pretty well. You know, you can share things in the cloud, you can make new versions. And so you know, I was always, I've always been a fan of um, uh, Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One, like the idea, like, you know, you either have to create something that's 10 times better than everything out there or um, that has no competition, like it doesn't exist yet. So it's a new category. And then I sort of, embrace both those things as we're sort of you know going after these chefs to, to really you know explain to them hey this is this is something new and it's built for you um and i think for us like as a company uh we i sort of operate off of like first principle thinking with my team and so everyone from you know the customer team to the developers to the sales to design everybody operates off of, of um, what we call operational empathy so like literally everything we design is to the vantage of 
and honestly, it goes through me and then all of my sort of colleagues when we're designing things is, is um, how is this going to actually work in the kitchen? How is the chef actually going to hold this thing? And where are they going to be? And like, what else is going on? Is there a delivery coming in? Is there a cook coming up to them? Did service just start? Um, where is this thing going to live? And that's really, that's honestly the, the, the most important part of the product is that it has to be something that's like really, really easy or the chefs just won't even start using it because they don't have time. You know, you guys I, know, it's, you know, service starts at 11 and, and that's it. I, I enjoyed the insights that, that you just shared on that, uh, Josh. And, and, but as Shatz was asking the question and you were answering the question, I couldn't help but wonder if you guys had a side bet of whether Shatz could say the word chef more in asking the question than you could say the word suck. It answered the question. But, but again, I think you guys, like, it's almost like a side bet you guys are going on. And Shatz, he won. He said uh, chef six times. And, and, and Josh, you said suck only five times. So anyway, uh, but just, I was just playing a little, uh, playing a little score. Yeah, there you go. Tie game. There it is. Tie. All right, listen. During the yeah. pandemic, Josh I found – a great chef, some... by the way, Jim. He's a great chef. <laughs> Eight, six. Okay. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I During the pandemic, uh, while our industry was undoubtedly uh, being uh, – being what's, what's the financial term? Uh, F and crushed. Uh, yeah, that's the financial term. Was being crushed uh, by the, uh, the pandemic. Um, I was really wonderfully uh, so surprised at, at just how many uh, Shatsi's word chefs uh, ended up starting their own culinary businesses out of their homes. Uh, Michelin starred chefs were selling soups and stews to their neighbors. Classically trained bakers were selling everything from pastries to sourdough. Um, you know, startups. Um, you know, and and using their Instagram accounts. It was really an amazing phenomenon to watch. So my question, Josh, is during this time, were you able to obtain any of these home or social media chefs as clients was this did the pandemic prove to be you know no no gloating and, and we're not trying to dance on uh, the pandemic uh, but was did the pandemic prove to be helpful for your uh, acquisition or onboarding of, of chefs and as clients and onboarding new talent yeah so i mean it did not not specifically in that vein um, but what i will say is that there's this there's a proliferation of really talented chefs and new chefs that were that were just sort of getting into the game that realized, okay, I can't go work in a restaurant. So I'm gonna start my own thing. And not necessarily sort of in the social media realm, but but um, you know, there's tons of chefs that started, you know, delivery companies or meal kit companies or as personal chefs. And um, you know, it turns out as we went to market that at like, seventeen by the way, Jimmy. He said chef again. I'm gonna keep saying it. <laughs> or was um, I said chef. It was me. You said suck. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I, okay, now I, gotta, now I have to think through that when I talk. I'm so sorry. I'm so um, sorry I brought that up. I'm so 19, sorry. 19, 19. Well, I'm just impressed you can actually count those as we go. Um, but, you know, the, the answer is is uh, yes, for sure. Um, not not on purpose, but um, it turns out that there's all of these chefs that started – really just started their own business. And Mies was a perfect medium because it's not this heavyweight. Um, you know, you can get started really quickly. Uh, and now it turns out that, like, over 35% of our customer base is those individual chefs that just started their own business. It's not, it's not no, that much of, of representative of our revenue. Obviously the majority of the revenue comes from, from restaurants and businesses like that, but, but there's a ton of chefs that are just using it for their you know, individual business now. Yeah, that's, that's really very cool. And I agree with Jimmy. I mean, the creativity that we saw, uh, you know, I mean, you're taking creative people, but I just look at like some of the outdoor dining and stuff and what, you know, a lot of the chef owners, did to create some of those incredible spaces. I think it's just incredible uh, what went on. So let me ask you. So Josh, 
we covered that Mies is really solving a lot of problems for, for uh, dare I say, chefs, <laughs> uh, both executive chefs, sous chefs, and all the other chefs in between. I don't um, think it sucks for you to say that, by the way. I, oh. I <laughs> but now you've also, and I always like this, you, you have a whole nother vertical for the, uh, I won't say chef again, I'll say home cooks. How's that? But you added a whole nother vertical, not just for restaurants, but now the home cook dare I say, home chef. Uh, now you are offering services for that as well. You've partnered up with ICE, the Institute uh, of Culinary Education, not to be conf uh, confused with uh, Johnson & Wales or uh, CIA. Um, but, and congrats, by the way, on that partnership. I think that's awesome. But tell us a little bit more about the partnership with ICE and, and just an idea about how Mies is going to help the home cooks and chefs. And Jimmy as well. well. What I'll say is, um, you know, Mies is really built for the output of this stuff to work really well for home chefs. The way that it, the UI is is really easy. And you can you can see things in different units of measure if you want to like measure things by teaspoon instead of grams like we do with chefs. So the output of what's created in Mies works really well for home cooks. We're still sort of maniacally focused on solving the, the need for professional chefs. Mm -hmm. But ice, uh, ice. I mean, look, I'm I'm so excited about uh, about this partnership. I won't go into too much detail uh, because we have a lot of really uh, really cool initiatives that we're about to sort of start um, uh, promoting, and, and we're going to do that together. And, and it's really exciting. Sort of some some of these um, things we're going to be doing with this partnership. But really, you know, for me, I, I worked. I was working with um, you know with ice for over a year and a half to sort of get this thing you know through the finish line. And it really is the epitome of, of, of how we can start to, you know, make sure that Mies becomes, you know, the ubiquitous tool for every, you know, culinary professional for the rest of their of their career, right? We start from the, the time that you start in in this industry and give you the tool um, that you're going to take with for, for, for the rest of your career. So uh, I'm super excited to see sort of what the school and the students and the instructors do with the tool and um, more to come on some really, really, um, really cool partnerships we're going to start doing with them as well. Awesome. I uh, I love that that little discussion you guys just had. I hear Shatz has been itching to take some recreational cooking class down at ICE. I know his wife uh, Jillian would appreciate Shatz uh, upping his game. Uh, hopefully, uh, you can get him. Uh, you could hook him up with uh, the inside path uh, to some really interesting uh, cooking classes for Shatzy. Um, but but you know, all all kidding aside, um, I do love this category. Doing Franks and Beans tonight, Jimmy. I do love this category. What what Shatzy? Part of the uh, that was my first class. I took Franks and Beans. Uh, Franks and beans in the Hamptons. <laughs> Franks and beans. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a call right after this right after this to make sure Shatsy has uh, you know the premier seat in that class. I am so fortunate. I'm so fortunate that Josh jumped in there. I was about to uh, quote a movie of which probably 90% uh, of the audience doesn't know it. Oh, and, Jimmy. And, no. Oh, and, not about, uh, what movie? Something about Mary. Something, something, about Mary. something about Mary. And that would have been deemed politically incorrect in this environment. Uh, and I want to respectfully decline to make that quote. But okay. Oh, all kidding man. aside, um, I love this new category that you have carved out for yourself, which I will quote you in saying that Mies falls under the new nomenclature of culinary operating system. Uh, and boy, is a culinary operating system needed. Uh, I am the finance guy. Let me, let me throw out some digits. Just a one simple number. Less than 17% of users of inventory and back of office systems have recipes in those platforms. Less than 17%. Shatsy, it's like your grade point average. I'm sorry, never mind. Um, I find this so hard to believe 
but it's true. So Josh, can you share a little more about this as both a chef and now an entrepreneur solving this problem? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I mean, first I'll say that, you know, inventory platforms, you know, back office systems, they're, they're important. You, you should, most restaurants, most businesses should have them. Um, but it's, it's a very different sort of, um, you know, operation than what we do with culinary. Right. And the reason why, um, uh, there's no recipes in those systems primarily is because it's too freaking hard to get them in there um, because, you know, you have to build all these sort of, you know, um, you know, extraneous recipes that don't exist just to have yields and conversions. And it's a lot of work. You know, what 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 might take, you know, a couple hours to get the sort of your recipe data to me could take six months, literally six months to get it into into a back office system. And by the time that's done, you know, your menu's probably already changed. Um, and a lot of that, the, a lot of the information is, is very often, you know, not right and not accurate because the yields and the conversions really have to get dialed in. It's not easy to build those out. So, um, you know, that's a big part of why, um, you know, with Mies, we're obviously solving this big problem for, for, for the culinary world, but hopefully we're also uh, solving this problem for, for, for these back office systems and inventory systems. And we partner with a lot of them because we want to make them better, right? Like once you have your mm -hmm. recipe data in there, you can do action versus theoretical reporting. You can sort of yep. dial in what's being wasted and what's not without that recipe data. And without that recipe data being, being accurate, it's literally, you know, there's, you, you can't really see that reporting. It's not really helpful. And I was just, you know, when I started Mies originally, um, I was really, frustrated that when you when you hear sort of recipe software in the in the in the hospitality world you would always sort of it was synonymous with you would name some sort of inventory system you know yes. oh what's the recipe software this this inventory system or that inventory system and it's such a reductionist view of of what we do as chefs right like our recipes are not just a list of ingredients and quantities there's way more that goes into it yes so um you know that's that's sort of um where, where bees comes in why why it is this new category because and it did take a chef to really build to build this because you know and, um, and who's the and who, who what chef built it uh this really 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 um this guy, this guy built it. that's right that's right the guest <laughs> on the hospitality hangout that is you heard it here live ladies and gentlemen Josh Sharkey built Mies. Hey, all, all kidding aside, keeping the conversation going about this, I think, look, as a restaurant, you know, I sit in a different, different kind of area than you. You're the chef. I'm the restaurant operator. But as an operator, we believe, I mean, everything in the back of the house, everything in a restaurant really starts with the recipe. But it really, as to your point, it never really seemed like that's the way a lot of people looked at it. They like, like we could do inventory, we could do purchasing, we can do all these things, but no one ever really cared about the recipe. And that's where it all starts. You can't really do anything unless you know what the recipe is. So talking, keeping that kind of idea going here, what kind of integrations, I love saying integration, it's a great word, I'm going to name my next kid integration. What kind of integrations <laughs> are, are you currently doing? Who are you working with? Where is Mies? I mean, you know, I'm using Compete, Restaurant 365. I mean, there's so much stuff. There's point of sale systems. Where does Mies sit? Tell me who you're partnering with. Tell me what kind of integrations you got. What's on the roadmap. Tell me everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, first I'll say that the reason why it's um, so much easier to get recipes into Mies in, in, in addition to the, just a really sort of simple interface is that we have all that data that you need to build accurate uh, recipes already built in. So the yields and the conversions of all these ingredients and as, as well as like allergen data, it's, it's all built in so that you don't have to go and find it. Um, so that's why these integrations are our partners um, 
why this becomes such a, um, a, a compounded, you know, improved relationship because, because we can sort of send them information that's far more accurate. So right now we partner with a lot of inventory and purchasing systems. So, you know, people like Marginet, uh-huh. Marketman, Retron365, Compete, Shoebox, Plate IQ. Uh, we'll, we'll very soon be with, you know, partnering with Craftable. Um, we've had a lot of people asking us to, 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 um, to, to have an integration with extra chef extra chef by the way if you're listening oh yeah those are good those are all listen those are good ones those are those are the big guys you know everybody you know people are asking for that so come on guys let's get with it um no but um those so that's the primarily what we're integrating with right now the future um is obviously you know pos systems as needed but really you know where we're where we're going to sort of split off is that uh, we're going to start integrating with um, with smart ovens, combi ovens, you know, all the sort of IoT things of the things that we use in the kitchen, right? So rationale, wow. digital scales, immersion circulators, because as we're sort of building and sort of building these recipes or doing R&D, we want to be able to, to close the loop of, um, you know, what's the best temperature if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, uh, sous vide something or um, programming your oven right for me and seeing the prep, all that, all, all that's really the future of where Mies is going in terms of um, how we're going to be partnering with other, other systems. That was great. And I, I think you just did a, an awesome bit of teasing out and, and, and kind of letting us know what's coming next for Mies. Uh, but one, one quick question before we move on. Uh, rumor has it that you've partnered with Indie Chefs Week. And there are a few exciting events in the works that will actually be powered by Mies. Could you share any uh, color on that with our with our audience, with our listeners? Yeah, sir. So I'm, I'm super excited about that as well. Again, really any any sort of organization that advocates for chefs or that's supporting chefs, we, we you know we want to be a part of. Indie Chefs Weeks is, is no different. This guy Grover Smith, really really fantastic guy, uh, is sort of spearheading uh, the growth of Indie Chefs Week. And essentially, what they do is they is is, is events all across the country. Um, uh, that happen and they fly in amazing chefs from you know from around the country to come and just sort of collaborate and you know and work together and meet each other and create sort of um, better relationships and there's this collaborative dinner and I, it's just an amazing sort of um, you know event and there's a there's a really large one in Houston that unfortunately um, um, is scaling down a bit just because of obviously the current temperature of, of um, you know what's going on um, with COVID but but we're we're we've partnered with them to obviously become a sponsor. Uh, so that we can help, you know, as much as possible. And all, you know, as they're doing recipe development and working with these chefs, uh, obviously all those recipes are powered by me's. Uh, and then really when we, because a lot of my team is actually chefs, um, we go down to these events and we just help. So if a chef that's, you know, putting on an event, you know, is need some, need some help with prep or something, we'll just hop in and, you know, help them, help them prep. You know, I might cook family meals for them things like that. So really anything that we can do to help, to, to help support, you know, our, our culinary people. All right. I like it. Well done. Well played, sir. All right. We're moving on. It turns out that um, uh, while Shatz and I started this podcast, because we like talking to other people and, 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 and bringing folks together, we want... And when we, we, say, when we say we, it's mostly Jimmy. And it's mostly That's Jimmy. What I <laughs> but we've learned along the way that our guests um, also have some questions for us. So this segment is called Talking Back, uh, and it's where we offer our, our guest, Mr. Sharkey, this is you, sir, uh, the opportunity uh, to ask us any questions. Nothing is off the table the microphone sir is yours all right well i guess i'll tie this into sort of the same sort of you know that notebook story we were talking about earlier and i'll ask you guys what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you that ended up being a blessing in disguise oh i mean i'm immediately defaulting to jimmy he always has such good answers and i end up just wanting to say what jimmy said (laughs) (laughs) you know um i i think um i'll I'll borrow a uh i'll borrow a cliche 
on how necessity is the uh, of the of the mother of all uh, in uh, innovation, and um, I have found that um, my ability and I think. Um, um, and, and I think Schatz is as well, our ability to be creative and to come up uh, with solutions or come up with um, ideas um, is at its highest and best moment when you feel you've got to do something. Um, you know, the, the, our restaurant business was under a great deal of pressure uh, from a myriad of sources. I mean, delivery started as a friend and then became a friend of me and now moved on to something else. Um, you know, when we first started working with Seamless Web 20 years ago, it was get a fax machine in 5% and they'll bring you some corporate business. What a great thing. And then that grew up to become something else. Um, but, but at the end of the day, we were watching some of our own full service lunch business erode it just and what was a very meaningful part of our business just disappeared as grab and goes and 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 all these concepts that would basically convince people you don't have time to step out and eat just just grab go order in don't you don't have to go to the restaurants anymore so we really had to rethink our business and to a certain extent that's what was really led to the launch of branded so the, if the worst thing we were facing was we were watching our business be so uh, impacted and disrupted by um, non-restaurant tours and really taking our customers and really trying to um, squeeze in between our, ven our venues and our guests, we had to rally back. And as we started to rally back, we realized tech was going to be a big solution for us. And we, we, we embraced it so fully, we launched an entire company around it. So it was the erosion of a business that led us to launching a business that is an allied operators identifying tech good for operators to embolden their business, drive sales, cut costs, address uh, address issues of compliance. So my answer is always too long. Shats will make fun of me, he's 100% right. But it was watching a business start to melt away that allowed us to create a new business to battle back. And I think we've done that. Um, I, I, I'm very proud of what we've created and we're just getting started. What do you think, Shats? Uh, Jimmy, did you say something? I was gonna say the word you should give right now is ditto. Just say ditto. No, I mean, did you answer Josh's question about what was the blessing in disguise? Oh, no, I thought you were going to answer that. <laughs> uh, no, Jimmy, I got to tell you, that that is really, that's why I, I decided to let you go first, because you take the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say. And, and oddly enough, exactly the same example. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, told you, I, told, I told you to say ditto. <laughs> Touche, touche. Um, listen, uh, no, Jimmy, you're, you're spot on. And uh, Josh, great question. Um, let me ask you something. This is uh, t t uh, for us, the tech stack, or we like to call it the top of the tech stack. Real quick, going right back to you now. Uh, as a chef, as an operator, as a tech guy, uh, you know, you're a renaissance man. If you had to give any advice to, to operators right now, chef operators especially because you really uh, that's something you really know and understand um what what is the most important technology you think they should be embracing outside of obviously me's but if you have any recommendation what would be the number one thing you think that everyone should be embracing right now if you're a chef owner operator sure uh, well yeah outside of me's obviously yeah obviously me's obviously, obviously, you know, obviously. I, I think i would say a, a bi tool you know i think that first of all i'm always weary of of a of one single system that says that they are a business intelligence tool, like your, you know, your inventory software or something like that. Right. Because as a restaurant, you need to have the full picture, right? And so to do right. that, you need, um, you need a, a dashboard that can pull in all this disparate data from all your systems and all your customers, and then start to make sort of 
some some hypothesis and, and, and decisions based on all the information. And right now, you know, the, I, I feel like the in general, sort of in the restaurant world uh, or in the food food business in general, it's, we're making sort of siloed decisions because we look at sales or we look at you know um, you know uh, uh, inventory purchasing. Or right, right, yep. Yeah, and, and there's there's probably things that you can start to ascertain if you have a really good BI tool. And there's lots of them out there. Um, yep. they're, they're not always the cheapest, um, but you get what you pay for, for sure. I mean, the, the, those, as you guys know, when you're, when you're an operator, you sometimes you just make one really good decision a month and, um, and that sort of BI tool, I think can be a big help with that. Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, we're moving on to our crystal ball moment, a chance for all of our guests to put on their uh, Kreskin and Miss Cleo hat and predict the future. Mr. Shockey, how do you see restaurants and dining two years from now in relation to hospitality and technology? All right. Two years. Two years isn't that, isn't that far away, but I'll... I'll no, I'll, no. Um, I think, don't you have like a two-year-old? Not too far. Yeah, I got a two-year-old. Exactly. Um, so how long would that take? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. If I was going to have another kid and then he was going to be, going to be a year and a half. Okay. I'm just doing some math. All right. Uh, I think honestly what I see, and this is sort of from also from the vantage of a chef. So be, you know, be sort of take that into consideration. I think that the medium uh, of which food is served is, is, is definitely a big paradigm shift there, right? Like you never used to see great food in sort of institutional places, hospitals, schools, offices, gyms, you know, things like that. And that is totally changing. You know, you, yes. have, you see great chefs, talented chefs that are starting to like put, you know, put food into places that you never thought would be, I mean, why isn't there good food in hospitals? Like what? That's like an oxymoron. It's like, it's like you're a place to get well and it's like the worst food and drink there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's so right. You're so right. I would say that. That's and the other thing I would say. It's funny. I had a conversation with you guys, know Stephen Van Note, and we were t chatting about like um, for the virtual concepts. Obviously, everybody's talking about virtual concepts right now, um, and I think that um, that because of all of the rise of these uh, virtual concepts, there's been this sort of like this commoditizing of concepts, right? Like it's a pizza concept. Yes. And I think that you there's a loss of like evergreen brand equity. So I think that there's also going to be a lot more sort of focus on how do you actually build brand equity, right? Because, you know, there, there's gotta be legs to these concepts that are built. You can't just have, you know, consumers, like they, they wanna sort of believe in something. And just because it's a pizza concept, even if there's somebody that's a good name behind it, isn't enough. You know, you have to build brand equity. And I think that that's, that's, that's gonna be happening outside the four walls a lot more, I think. Chachi, before, before you move on to what I know is yeah. the best segment of the podcast. I know it is, and I know it's yours. I respect yeah. that. I only yeah. wanted to say, and I have to think now, because uh, prior to, to, to Josh mentioning our partner, uh, SVN, um, right. I was going to say I thought that might have been the best answer. To well, the, I, 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 I agree. I was going to Jimmy. I thought those were the best answers to the dining two years out. Is it's the, so intelligent and so well thought and so spot on. And I said we can speak about this for hours. Yes, his answer. Should we do that? Do we want to take a bunch of money to shock everybody and just go hours? No, I got to tell you, I know you. We always say we're going to get somebody back in two years to see how their, yes. you know, their answer went. Yeah. But I'm not just saying that because I'm just trying to be nice. Yes. I really think we got to we got to bring this answer back, right. Josh, back in two years. And I'm telling you, he's spot on because this whole virtual thing about anybody just coming up with a brand and saying, "Oh, it's a brand. Look, you can get it online." I just I don't buy into that. I think Josh is right. I right. want to know a little bit more, and I think. He's spot on because, you know, the only way you get good food was to go to a good restaurant. And today, good restaurants or good food is just you can get it. Any, you can you're seeing it pop up everywhere and you're going to be on the Garden State Parkway, Jimmy. Maybe not you because you don't drive in Jersey, but 
for other people that know Jersey, you know, you're going to go to one of those roadsides and you're not going to see Roy Rogers anymore, man. You're going to see like sweet greens and stuff, right? All right. Play on. Yeah. Hey, listen, it was a great answer. And, uh, but Jimmy, you are right. We got to go to the Brandon quick fire. It's the best segment of the whole podcast. It's not me just saying that Jimmy, it's everybody, you know, everybody, that. everybody, you see, the, you see the mail coming in, you see the piles of mail coming in. Josh, are you ready for the Brandon quick fire? Uh, let's do it. I'm, I'm, All right, it's five I'm lightning round questions. Don't think too hard. Give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Fire away, man. Are you a morning person or a night person? Well, I have two kids now, so I'm a morning person, but I'm also a night person because I'm, you know, my four-month-old keeps me up at night. Yeah, I'm a day person. Where are you getting dinner from tonight? Uh, I'm cooking at home. Ah, chef, Jimmy, see that? What's your favorite? Chef, yeah. What's your favorite food city in the world? Outside of New York. Obviously, uh, I would say San Sebastian in Spain or New Orleans. One of those two. I'm going to have to say uh, San Sebastian. Boy, I don't know where that came from, but that's an interesting one, huh? Oh, amazing food there. When travel resumes to complete normalcy, where's the first place you want to go? Probably Jersey. You know, maybe Bergen County or something. Like it. I like it. Yeah. See, Jimmy, first place yeah. you want to go is Jersey, okay? That's what I'm talking That's how great the Garden State is. Right. Or, or San Sebastian. How about that? I'll go to San Sebastian. Okay, there you go. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a game of ping pong, which of the better odds of beating? So I'm going off a of literally no background knowledge here because I assume I have, I have no idea if you guys are good at all. So this is speculation, but I would have to guess that Jimmy would be like more prepared if we were going to play and he would have calculated the odds and the angles of the table because he's a finance guy. <laughs> So I think uh, I'd beat you, Shatsy. I think. I, I yes, think yes. You and you and uh, all other the twenty-eight or thirty guests we've had on the podcast so far. I don't think. I, I think the only time I think I may have like somebody said that that that, that I they, they could beat Jimmy over me. I think it was Twister. So I think that honestly, this should end. You know, naked when, twister. I think it was naked twister. Even worse. <laughs> once this is an in-person <laughs> podcast, this should just end with an actual ping pong game. Instead, yes, we may have to do that. Uh, Josh, I have to tell you, I think you chose wisely. Uh, Shatsy, you won the Twister one, and then somebody chose you an event. Uh, they said they wanted to play you because, um, uh, they said you guys you guys would quit and go to the bar, and I'd be trying to figure out how to be competitive. Yeah, um, yes, you're right, Josh. You should know I leave it all out of the ping pong, ping pong table, leave it all out. And there. Um, Josh, you for darts, they pick you for pools. Yes. They picked me for Twister. So sad. Twister. You got Twister. Uh, Josh, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Hangout uh, and for all your great insights. Uh, we appreciate the hard work um, uh, you do in support of the industry we love, uh, not during just this uh, more challenging time, but always. Um, but we appreciate you. Um, if you want to get in touch with uh, Josh directly, you can, email, you can email the podcast team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. And we'd be happy to make that introduction. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned that we had a fantastic offer for our listeners. And we are excited to share. Brandon is thrilled uh, to be the key sponsor at FS Tech uh, uh, Conference coming up in Dallas, September 12th to the 14th. We are sponsoring the Branded Innovation Alley. We will continue to be curating and collecting and bringing together some of the most innovative. Jimmy, who are co-sponsors of this event? You know what, Shatsy? You are a genius. You are right. Who do we have? We've got our friends from Lockton. 
friends from Middleby, friends from Denton's, one of the world's leading insurance companies, kitchen um, uh, equipment manufacturers and, and, and suppliers and uh, service providers, and of course, one of the world's leading law firms. We are very fortunate to have our sponsors uh, locked in Middleby and Denton's help us. Uh, how about us how about, hey, Jimmy, how about us getting uh, our name with those guys, huh? That's pretty good. Who do you know, Shad? You got. I have no idea, Jimmy. That looks pretty good. I mean, Denton's locked in Middleby. You, you got the you got the PP tapes. Okay, uh, we want we want to see you out there. So here's the offer. Now that we just went back and forth on the brand innovation alley, uh, any operator, any restaurant operator. Uh, you are invited on the branded coattails, free registration to the event. Uh, if you're listening today, reach out to the team at podcast at brandedstrategic.com. Take advantage of the offer. Take advantage of us. Come for free to FS Tech on the branded dime. Hospitality Hangout invites you. We encourage you to come out in Dallas, September 12th to the 14th. To and our Jimmy, listeners. Jimmy, wait oh, a minute. Wait a minute. Josh made another offer. You didn't even get a chance to let the man speak. Josh, when you were when you were uh, offline, told me that his offer, and it's a very generous and gracious offer as a chef, Josh will come and cook at any listener's home. The, the first 10 listeners who call in or email, Josh will come to your home. He will bring all the food, everything needed for a gourmet meal for up to six people. And that's so this guy worked for Great Coons. He worked for Jean George. The guy's the guy's like believe me. The guy's unbelievable. So I mean that's not that's pretty cool. You're gonna get a chef at home cooking for you. Like whatever he's cooking tonight for his family, you're gonna come to your house and do the same thing. And he's gonna bring the food. That is great. So to get that offer, all you got to do is uh, email us at <laughs> com and, um, and you'll be good. You'll be, you'll be on your way. Thank you for that. To our listeners, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. Uh, we know there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, uh, and the fact that you choose out to hang out, hang out with us is something we appreciate and value. Uh, please join us next time when we welcome our friend, Zach Goldstein, founder and CEO of Thanks. That'll be a special episode, and we're looking forward to it and if you haven't done so already please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on the exciting guests we have coming up in the future and better yet invite a friend to hang out with us the next time until then i'm jimmy frischling your finance guy signing off and passing it back to my boy shatsy thanks jimmy this is shatsy the hospitality hangout uh so wait a minute so jimmy is josh not going to come to anyone's house to cook um, I told you, just for just people have to write to <laughs> dot com, and Josh will be there, and uh, and he'll take care of everything. It's all good. All right, guys, right. I just want to confirm that. All right, listen, everybody. Hey, thanks, thanks. Uh, this is a restaurant guy, aka Shatsy, signing off. Hospitality to hang out. Uh, thanks, Josh Mees. Uh, Josh, <laughs> Josh Sharkey from Mees. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Shatsy. Cheers, everybody.